So we're at Monday, Thursday. This is the end, almost, of the last days of Jesus on earth. We have his arrest, his crucifixion, and then Easter, the resurrection. It's not a joyful celebration, this Monday, Thursday. Monday comes from the Latin for the word commandment. And it sounds kind of gloomy. Do you remember Eeyore from the Winnie the Pooh books? Don't you just see Eeyore saying, Monday, Monday. And he'd sigh and shake his head. And when little kids hear this, they don't hear Monday. They hear the pastor saying, Monday, Monday, Thursday. What's that, a Monday, Thursday? But this night is a night of Holy Communion. And so Paul is writing the letter to the Corinthians. And he's upset because they are not worshiping. It was a practice at that time for believers to get together for worship, share a meal, and as part of that meal, celebrate the Lord's Supper. But the Corinthians missed the point completely. They got together for worship, but then they broke off into lots of little cliques based on their status or their wealth. And they would eat a meal, but it would only be with their friends, not the whole congregation. So the Corinthians were acting like the Lord's Supper was a private party. And only a few got to pick who was going to take part. And everyone else was left out. The wealthy believers would bring lots of food and lots of wine. But they would only share it with a few. The poorer brothers and sisters would go hungry. Some people were gorging themselves on food. Some people even got drink, drunk. And some got nothing. And so Paul writes, So then, when you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper that you eat. He's trying to explain what the Lord's Supper is. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink of it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So when we come to worship, when we come to celebrate the Lord's table, what are we proclaiming? What does our worship say? Are we saying that thanks to God, that Jesus sacrificed has swallowed up death and victory? 
Are we proclaiming the new covenant in Jesus' blood that gives us access to God? Are we proclaiming to the world that Jesus is coming again to restore creation? The Lord's Supper is a powerful sacrament. It doesn't matter when or where it is celebrated. What matters is how and why. And let's name three parts of the Lord's Supper. First, it reminds us of Christ's death and resurrection, the ultimate act of God's love into our hearts. Jesus tells us at the Last Supper that it was necessary for the Son of Man to be betrayed for God's plan to be effective. But woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. We don't know the exact relationship between God's plan and our freedom, but we have to believe that Judas was a free agent. God gives us freedom to choose for ourselves. He does not and will not force himself upon us. But let us not forget that Judas was loved. Second point, do this in remembrance of me. Those words remind us more than anything how much God loves us. We need to be reminded of that because we tend to forget when we look at the whole world. Christ died for the sins of the whole world, and the Lord's Supper is a universal sacrament. In a cemetery in New York City, there's a grave with one word on it, forgiven. There is no name, no date of birth, no death, no eulogy, just the word forgiven. And that forgiveness is for the whole world. Third, this takes place, the Lord's Supper, at a table. And a table for all people of all nations, all races, all different strata of society. No one is excluded. The table is for us. Lutheran pastor Nadia Boltz-Weber tells of getting a phone call one night from a church member named Rachel. And Rachel was sobbing as she told her pastor that as she had gone home, the pastor would not give her communion. And Rachel was brokenhearted. So the next Sunday, Rachel told the, her congregation about what had happened. And one member stood up and said, well then, we'll have to take her communion at the airport when she gets home. It's a no-brainer. And so when she flew into the Denver airport, there was members of her congregation waiting for her. On one side of a sign said Rachel, and on the other side of the sign said Child of God. After they connected with Rachel, they went to a small room at 10 o'clock on Wednesday night, 
and they had communion. This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This is the cup, the cup of my blood, the covenant. And whenever you drink it, remember me. For whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup proclaims the Lord's death until he comes. We are a family. We are responsible for one another. So let us not forget who is at the center of our worship. Jesus, who is on a cross and who sits on a table, a family table. We are the family. The table of Christ is a family table. It means we are for one another. 1969, Madeline Murray O'Hare filed a lawsuit against NASA to prevent its astronauts from doing anything religious when they landed on the moon. Buzz Aldrin was a devout Presbyterian, and he had been praying what he could do when he landed on the moon. He got permission from his denomination elders to serve himself communion in space on the moon. Before they stepped out on July 20th, 1969, Aldrin unwrapped a small plastic container containing bread and wine, and he radioed NASA. I would like to request a few moments of silence and to invite each person listening in, wherever, whomever they may be, to pause for a moment and contemplate the events of the past few hours and to give thanks in his or her own way. And it was during that silence that he ate bread and drank wine. Years later, he writes, it was interesting to think that the very first liquid ever poured on the moon and the very first food ever eaten on the moon were communion elements. In just a few minutes, we will all be coming forward to receive bread and wine like believers over the whole world. Massive cathedrals, tin roof shacks, house churches, prisons, military chaplains, hospital beds. The meal doesn't change where it is given, and it hasn't changed in 2,000 years. So as you come, let us celebrate what is taking place. And remember to ask yourselves, why am I coming forward? What are we proclaiming? As we proclaim Christ's death and resurrection, let us proclaim that life. God loves all people in the world, and we are family. Let us act like family for God's table. Amen.